You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drugmeyer, and on today's show, one of the original members of the show, John Kegley, on with us. Before we get started, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. We are three riders who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly during the season. And now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we actually got some real legitimate news on Thursday that we're going to be getting into on today's show because the Chargers have brought in former Saints and Raiders tight end Jared Cook along with a couple of other teams as well. So we'll talk about the Chargers finding their short-term Hunter Henry replacement and talk about, you know, probably still needing to draft a player as well or, you know, how highly you feel about Donald Parham. Maybe this is just more time for him to grow up a little bit. So we'll get into that in the second segment. To wrap up the show today, after we talk about the Chargers bringing in a tight end, we'll look at some other players that are still on the free agent market that could make sense for the Chargers and that maybe we hope we see the Chargers sign by the time we come back to you guys on Monday. But to start the show, I do want to talk about a couple of things that have gone on under the radar this week because the Chargers, who had the worst special teams unit in the league in 2020, have brought back both their punter and their kicker. So I do think that is something we need to get into as well. And I do want to start there because this is something that kind of is counterintuitive to improving a terrible special teams unit. I mean, usually when you see something like that, you would think, okay, well, you need to bring new players in on those positions. And obviously it comes down to a lot more than just the place kicker or the punter. But the Chargers have brought back Michael Badgley and Ty Long this week. The Ty Long news came from Daniel Popper, who just saw it on the NFL transaction wire. And then we all saw that Michael Badgley was re-signed earlier this week, who was a restricted free agent. We saw that from Tom Pelissero. So, David, I mean, I think we have to start with Michael Badgley because obviously Ty Long wasn't spectacular, but also like the coverage was terrible by the Chargers coverage teams as well. But Michael Badgley, I mean, it's hard to frame what he did in 2020 as a good year by any means. So at this point... Really, he has one good year to fall back on. So I thought if somebody was maybe to get the boot, especially with a new coaching staff, the money badger, as he was formerly known as, might have been the one. Yeah, I mean, my money was definitely on that move. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, honestly, no, after what's that? <laughs> Not a terrible joke. <laughs> hey, you come to the Locked On Chargers podcast and you're going to get one really bad joke from me a week at least. And that's a promise. But as far as Michael Badgley is concerned, he had a horrible year by every standard. Like you said, you know, his one job is to make field goals and to kick extra points. That's really, that's your main focus. And he did it pretty much worse than any kicker in the league. And this is a position where there's literally only 32 jobs. So the turnover rate is normally incredible. And that's why even with a new coach, with a new coaching staff, I I found it really difficult to understand why the Chargers would 
feel comfortable bringing back a kicker that had that type of production. Now, obviously, we've seen the Chargers cut bait with some kickers a little bit early, namely Josh Lambeau and Young Way Koo, and now they're both incredible. Uh, go figure. But, I mean, maybe that's what this is. Maybe the Chargers are saying, hey, we don't want to give up on him too early. Maybe Darius Swinton comes in and changes some things, changes the mindset, uh, gets him thinking better. I don't know, does something to impact his game. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Darius said, hey, you know, I can I can work with this. I can get him right. Uh, I mean, and Tom Telesco, I'm thinking, I think he's probably the only one that has uh, a relationship with him prior to the new coaching staff. So to me, it is a little bit you know, befuddling to understand why they would feel comfortable bringing him back. But I don't think this is the only kicker that they're, they're going to bring into camp besides Vizcaina, who they already signed. They need to bring more competition because that performance last year, that's just not going to cut it. Yeah, and I think that there will be, you know, some other competition. I mean, maybe it is just these two guys, but both of them, I mean, have their reasons why they probably shouldn't be the Chargers kicker in 2021. I mean, this guy, you know, only has very limited professional experience, only only one game with the San Francisco 49ers, where he made all three of his field goals with a long of 47, but if you go back to his college days, he only ended up playing really one year as Washington's main kicker, and he went 12 of 19. So that's 63%. That's also worse than Michael Badgley was last year. But, I mean, 12 missed kicks in 2020 for Michael Badgley. So many missed opportunities, chances to win games where he could not end the game and be a reason the Chargers were able to finish games. I mean, that's just hugely brutal to have on your team. So I do think that, you know, Brandon Staley and this coaching staff will be less likely to stick with it if he continues to struggle in 2021. But it's hard to know that the Chargers right now who have been in this kicking situation before have the guy currently on the roster that is going to be the one that's going to stick around and bring some stability to that position, which they haven't had in a long time. But the other guy they brought back was Ty Long. And John, I know that Punting has so much to do with your coverage team and, you know, there's thoughts that you could outkick the coverage and all of those things. I mean, obviously, you want your punter to kick it as far as possible most of the time, especially when the Chargers go three and out from their own, you know, 34-yard line. They're punting like we saw so many times last year. How do you feel about the Chargers bringing back Ty Long? Obviously, he brings the kicking experience as well, but overall, probably just an average punter. I mean, average is putting it nicely. I'm not too thrilled about either signing really but at the same time this is a new coaching staff so Staley did say he went and talked to all the players he called them all so I'm sure someone must have said something about how George Stewart wasn't really helping them out and they never felt motivated <laughs> or something I'm sure there has to be something going on coaching wise when it comes to their mentality and how well they are and how they were able to learn and improve I'm sure Staley goes you know with our guys we could probably make these guys better and save a bunch of money in this at the same time, so you don't spend a bunch of money on on a decent kicker when you can just improve what you have. So maybe there's a chance here that both those guys can rebound really well, but I think you could have done way better with with all this. But the same thing, like you said, with a punter, it's your coverage that helps you out as well. And we both saw that there was no coverage at all when it came to the Chargers special teams, you know, whether it's kickoffs or punts, whatever it was. Somehow, some way, they were getting juked and returning, and allowing people to return kicks. Maybe all of a sudden, with Staley's new crew, we're getting coverage. We're swarming down the field and boxing out. Like 
what could possibly go wrong? Like you couldn't get any worse than last year. So it, I guess maybe it's worth the risk is the best way to put it. It's worth the risk. Low money and new coaches means you could probably reverse their mentality and bring back what you think you really have in them. Well, and Michael Badgley, I think if there's anyone that can kind of ingratiate themselves, I think it would be him just because he does seem like one of the guys, right? You see him hanging out with some of the other players, which isn't something you always see from the special teams guys. Sometimes they're the outcasts, not really getting to hang around with the other guys. But I think being three of nine in your career on 50 plus yard field goals is pretty damning. I think the amount of times we've seen coaches or Anthony Lynn specifically not want to bring him out for a 50 yard field goal, I thought was pretty telling as well. So it is tough. But with Ty Long, I mean, at least, you know, he only had three touchbacks last year, which isn't terrible. I mean, he was ninth in average punt distance, but 30th in net punting average because that obviously factors in the return and the charges were terrible there. But he also only had 12 punts down inside the 20, which was, you know, in the bottom third of punters in the NFL. So I do think there is, you know, something to wanting to bring these guys back and seeing if you get something better out of them because you did lose out on guys like Josh Lambeau and Young Waku. But it would be nice to see them, you know, draft a kicker that is really good coming out of college, be able to pick up a proven veteran that actually has shown some stability in his career. I don't know if either of these guys in the kicking game bring that. But we do have a couple more things to get into because the Chargers have found their tight end, their starter number one tight end, I should say, for the 2021 season. And it's Jared Cook. So we're going to get into how we feel about that signing because it definitely seems like a volatile one, especially on Chargers social media. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And right now, guys, it's March Madness. There are games going on already in the tournament. And that's always the best time of the year to watch college basketball, but also to bet on college basketball. Because guess what? A lot of these teams you're going to be betting on, potentially, you probably haven't watched very much in the regular season. So if you guys want to get up for the game, put some action on it, and I promise you it's going to make it that much more interesting. And all you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, for free money to bet with at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get into another signing. I know people have been going crazy just because the Chargers got off to such a fast start in free agency, and then all of a sudden, they're not signing anyone, right? I mean, Michael Badgley and Ty Long were pretty much the only guys they signed at all this week. And then on Thursday, the Chargers end up bringing in Jared Cook. And this was a guy I brought up very early in the free agency process as a guy that would make sense as part of Joe Lombardi's team with the Saints over the last couple of years. A guy that has still been very productive, even though it seems like he always has some bonehead plays. So, John, when you saw this signing, obviously, knowing that the Chargers need to have somebody going in at tight end because of the inexperience of Donald Parham and just the overall uncertainty of having, you know, Steven Anderson play a key role in your offense for 2021. What did you think of this obvious short-term solution? I liked it. I think it was a great signing. You got him for only $6 million and... Some of that's incentives, I believe, from what I've read. I don't know if that's true, but that's a really cheap tight end for a guy who's going to have a lot of pretty decent production. It also fits Staley's plan of always having someone that has some kind of a connection to the team. So him and Joe Lombardi are obviously a connection. It fits Staley's system. He, this guy can make plays. 
he's not going to make the big splashy plays like you've seen like a Gronkowski or someone, but he can make a lot of those athletic catches, runs decent routes, and can definitely be your target for touchdowns in the red zone. So this is probably a really good like bang for your buck, really. Only $6 million, and it's a one-year deal, so you don't have to worry about other years if you decide to draft someone or improve someone or if Darnell Parham becomes your guy in this upcoming season. You can move on and have him as your starter now. This is a great signing in my mind. Yeah, and that's not even to say, you know, that they can't have another young guy come up in the ranks too if they decide to draft one this year, which would probably still be a good idea because even now with Jared Cook, the depth is still Donald Parham who has very limited experience at this point. So I do think that this is a really good short-term signing for the Chargers. I wonder how much Zach Ertz was in play. Obviously, this deal comes without the loss of a draft pick. And yes, this was reported by Adam Schefter. And it was also reported that the actual contract itself is $4.5 million. So right now, that should be what the cap hit is for 2021 with $1.5 in incentives in the contract but yeah scoring touchdowns David it's his specialty I mean in the last two years he has the second most touchdowns in the last three years he has the second most touchdowns at the position in the NFL the last three years the only guy he trails is Travis Kelsey he has 22 touchdowns in the last three seasons 16 touchdowns in the last two seasons so That was something that we hadn't really seen out of Hunter Henry just being a dominant red zone threat. That is something that Jared Cook is going to bring to the table because, I mean, the least amount of touchdowns he's had the last three years is six. Yeah, and I mean, the Patriots just gave Hunter Henry $12-plus million a year, and Jared Cook, he's obviously, he's much more of a pass-catching tight end. He doesn't bring the complete profile to the game like Hunter Henry does, but... Jared Cook is much more of an athletic presence. He has uh, definitely more speed. He's just as big at six foot five, two forty eight, but I think he moves better and I think he runs a little bit better routes. He has really strong hands. I think he's really good at sitting in the zone and kind of making himself available to to the quarterback. I think he also does a good job of boxing out defenders. He he does make some circus catches from time to time, but also, like you said, you have to deal with the bonehead moves from time to time too, which is a, a little bit. Uh, concerning and perplexing considering he's been in the league now over 10 years but yeah this guy is definitely a huge red zone threat I think he's going to be a great calming presence for Justin Herbert just having another gigantic target to throw the football to yeah and I mean having him and Donald Barham who obviously have all the size needed to be dominant in that area of the field I think it also gives the Chargers more of a chance to rely so much on Justin Herbert's playmaking ability in the red zone having another legitimate target down there. That is going to be really big for him, I think, because when you look back at last year, there weren't a lot of plays scheming guys open a lot of the times. Usually it's Justin Herbert getting out of the pocket, finding someone streaking across the end line. And I think that that's something that's a little bit unsustainable. I mean, you love seeing that, and it's one of the things that makes him a good red zone quarterback, even as a, a guy who's only played in the league for one season. But obviously, John, the thing they do miss out on here is Jared Cook, especially at 34, isn't a great run blocker. I mean, he wasn't used to do it a ton, but when he was doing it, he wasn't great at it. And obviously, you know, when you get older like that, you're going to lose some of that. But I do think it does mean the Chargers will still be in play 
to bring in a guy who's better at blocking. There are a couple guys out there in free agency that could do that. And trying to find it out of the draft is harder, but there are guys out there who can do it. I think that that's probably the one thing the Chargers, even if they bring back Steven Anderson, are going to be missing as a guy who's really a good run blocker at that position. Yes, I I guess it's the best way to say it is you gained a better pass-catching tight end and a better red zone threat, but you lost some run blocking. So, you know, you're not going to get a full package. It's kind of rare that you get that, but I think it's... Well, especially if you're paying half the price, too. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good point, too. But I think it's shown that I think Staley's looking to get a offense that's more of on the attack, probably. They want to move the ball down the field quickly. They're not really work, worried about the run game as much. They're worried about capitalizing on what Herbert has being able to create a lot of ways to move the ball down the field in big chunks with the passing game and having the run game complement it. So I think it's showing what Staley's going for with this kind of signing. But again, it, the frequency's not over. The draft hasn't happened yet. So we don't know who else is going to come here that can really start putting more puzzle pieces into the picture of what this offense is going to look like. But it's starting to look like they really want to take advantage of Justin Herbert. You've got two offensive linemen already, and you got a pass-catching tight end who's really good in the red zone. That right there alone is showing Herbert is the main focus. Well, and at least they're going to look to throw the football more, right? I mean, it seemed like last year, obviously, with Anthony Lynn as the head coach, he forced the run game a whole lot more. And I think there's going to be more of an emphasis on throwing the ball, at least in early downs, which is something that the Chargers did not do. They definitely were more committed to running the ball, even in the predictable situations. So I think this is probably another hint that says that the Chargers probably will look to throw the football a little bit more in the early downs. Yeah, when and where they were throwing the football on the field was always something that was a little unpredictable with Anthony Lynn and Shane Steichen. But I do think that, you know what else will help, you know, as far as run blocking? Having good offensive linemen. So, I mean, I'm not as you know, upset about not having a great blocking tight end. I mean, we saw Alvin Kamara have plenty of success. Yeah, they have other guys there that are better than Jared Cook at, you know, run blocking. But... I think the running game will be fine as long as they continue to build on a solid foundation that they now have on the offensive line with Corey Lindsley and Matt Filer coming in this free agency. So I do think there is a lot of opportunity to get a developmental guy in this draft. I mean, I don't know why so many people were in on the Chargers getting Kyle Pitts, who's probably not going to be there at 13. And obviously at this point, it's still left tackle or bust for me. I mean, I think we're pretty much all on that train. Kyle Pitts is a special talent, but the thought to trade up to get a tight end like that coming out of college, especially given the track record of you know first-round tight ends, even though he's a difference maker, I just think that was always something that was super unrealistic, and there's so much talent that could potentially be there at left tackle. It might not be Rayshon Slater, but maybe you still get an Elijah Vera Tucker or a guy that you feel really good about coming in and starting for you at left tackle in year one. So I do think that Kyle Pitts is a little bit you know, out of reach for the Chargers. But, you know, I really like Brevin Jordan. We'll see what ends up happening with it. But I do think that you should probably draft a tight end as well. While you see what you have in Donald Parham this year, who will definitely probably have a bigger role in the offense. And we'll see a little bit more of him because obviously he has a ton of physical ability. But we do have one more segment to get into because the Chargers free agency isn't done yet. They still have a healthy amount of change to spend. And there are a few more positions to say the least that they need to have filled so we'll get into some of the guys still on the market that would make sense for the Chargers and maybe guys we want to see on the Chargers by Monday coming up right after this but of course I still need to tell you guys about Built Bar Madness 
the best protein bar on the planet, is now in a tournament against itself to really have a conqueror situation where we're going to find the best of the best, the best tasting built bar that's out there. And right now the bracket is ongoing. And today's matchup is going to be double chocolate versus caramel brownie. This is a tough one, but for me, I mean, I'm going caramel brownie all the way. I like chocolate, double chocolate, a little bit too much chocolate for me. But of course, since you guys are listeners to this show, you can still save some money. If you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. It does not have to be your first order. It can be any order, 15% off with that promo code LOCKED15. And make sure you guys check at bar underscore built to see where the bracket's at and go to BuiltBar.com to continue voting and see who won today's matchup and who's trying to become the best tasting protein bar out there. All right, guys. Well, one of the fun things about free agency is envisioning all the different guys that are out there that could make a lot of sense for the Chargers to bring in. And the Chargers find themselves this year in a very healthy salary cap situation. According to Daniel Popper, they still have about $16 million in spending money after the Jared Cook signing, I believe. But either way, the way they structure deals in the first year of contracts, you can still have some space to get in, you know, get a pretty important player and an impact player in free agency so David when you're looking at the landscape now after we've seen so many different big signings who is a guy out there that you think would make a lot of sense for the Chargers to potentially target to fill another hole because we know they have quite a few yeah I mean I think one guy I was looking at that uh, actually put a little bit of a cryptic message on Michael Davis's uh tweet that he put out uh, or you know social media post he put out about his new contract and that was a dory jackson the corner uh he put a little you know a couple of emojis on there after michael davis talked about wanting to stay home and staying home with this new contract so it seems like maybe that's a little bit subliminal maybe i'm reading a little bit too much into that but a dory jackson brings speed right off the top this guy's incredibly fast he's also very very good in coverage he's had some up and down years but he also brings the special teams aspect where he can return punts and kicks Uh, he uses that speed to great effectiveness if he comes in he's able to stay healthy he's still very young i still think he has a lot of tools to bring to the table and you bring in a dory jackson and you have two young corners on the outside with chris harris jr uh, on the inside and moving outside depending on the package i think that's a much more attractive looking defense and also gives you some flexibility to maybe make some different choices in the draft yeah i mean i think if you can find another starting corner out there obviously the league has placed a premium on corners and with how much teams pass now you need to have good guys at those positions and the chargers don't have you know an heir to casey hayward's throne at the moment so to find a veteran guy like that in free agency i think would be a big bet on him obviously he's missed some games over the last couple of seasons you know 18 games over his past 32 so that is going to be tough to swallow for a lot of teams but I do think he could make sense for the Chargers as well as another guy and I know it's the guy that everyone was talking about on social media which was Kyle Fuller who you know is released or isn't released depending on which Ian Rappaport tweet that you're going off of but Basically, he had a $20 million cap hit in 2021. There's been the latest reports that they plan to release him, but they're looking for a trade. So, John, obviously, this is a guy that not only would fill a major position for the Chargers, you would also be able to potentially get him for a little bit less because of the timing of the whole situation and because also he played two seasons with Brandon Staley with Chicago. Well, it really depends if he's really willing to take less money. I mean, 
he'd be getting what nine million guaranteed money from another team that we right. don't have to worry about. So that might motivate him to take a smaller deal. If you can get him on a smaller deal, it'd be a great pickup for you. But it's really what what, the, what is that money going to look like? Because you're already gonna need to sign a bunch of other people, including your draft picks and stuff. So you're really gonna have to keep the money still tight, even though you, it feels like you have a bunch of freedom, but you don't. And if you were to get Fuller and to compliment Michael Davis, then you would have already filled a big need that you're already looking at. You first needed to get one corner, and that was Michael Davis. Now you need to get a second one. We're all talking about the draft. But with this news, now you could probably fix that with a free agent signing and focus more on other stuff like depth now. Now you can get depth at corner with the draft if you wanted to go there or build more defensive line and offensive line, get a younger offensive line. It gives you more options. So if you can get this with a really cheap price, you could really make this defense solid. Yeah, I mean, he's a great player that's coming available in a year that he probably normally wouldn't. He's actually only having such a big salary cap hit because they tried to keep him away from the Packers who would have signed him to that deal and ended up costing the Chicago Bears $20 million in 2021. And I mean, a $9 million dead cap hit. I mean, Lewis Riddick, obviously an ESPN insider, has come out and said it's basically between the Broncos and the Chargers because he played with Vic Fangio as well as his defensive coordinator in Chicago, while Brandon Staley was only the outside linebackers coach, but we know how involved he was with everything there. But his last season with Fangio and Staley, passer rating of 63.7 when he was targeted, seven interceptions, a 56.2% completion percentage when he's targeted, and he only missed five tackles. Last year, he missed close to 20% of his tackles. You would think that could is something that you could easily bounce back at doing, but that's obviously alarming. It just seems like it would make a lot of sense, especially in the two years when Staley was in Chicago. He had 43 passes defense, which is just absolutely ridiculous, but that's an obvious target for the Chargers. I think that you know if they can fit it, if they can move the money around and get him to get something like a three-year deal where you can get out of it in two and really take advantage of this salary cap that's about to potentially skyrocket because of the new upcoming TV deal, that might be an incentive that he goes for and he has a chance to cash in while working with you know one of the better defensive minds that he's worked with to try to get the most out of that. But let's get to other positions as well because that's obviously not the Chargers' only need. David, where are you going next as far as a guy that's still out there that you think would make a good fit for the Chargers? Yeah, so now now that I look at the Chargers' moves and what they need, the next thing on my list is pass rush. I think there's a couple of guys out there that could help in that department. And the first guy that comes to mind might be a little expensive, but it just depends. It's Carlos Dunlap. He's 32 years old. He played with the Seahawks last year. In 10 games, he had six sacks. Um, this guy's been incredibly productive in his NFL career getting after the quarterback. I think just want to imagine having Carlos Dunlap on one side, Joey Bosa on the other, with Uchenna and Wosu. I mean, that kind of package would be devastating. The Chargers need to affect the pass rush, and that means bringing in guys that have proven that they can get after the quarterback. Another quick guy, just, you know, if they want to take a chance, Darrell Casey, I know he's coming off of an injury, but if he's able to tap into to a fraction of what he's able to do in the middle of a defense, that pass rush coming from the interior could also be very effective as well. Well, we all know the Chargers need it, but them signing, you know, aging defensive tackles, as far as pass rush goes, has not worked out a lot, but that was also under Gus Bradley, and it didn't seem like anyone was flourishing at that position 
under Bradley. But John, who else would you want to get into as somebody that you're looking at, you know, going into the second week of free agency that you think the Chargers should target? I'm still on the Alejandro Villanueva train. I still want more offensive Same. linemen. I I refuse to stop saying we need offensive linemen until we get offensive linemen. And Alejandro Villanueva is still one of the best offensive linemen on the market. And I think the Chargers should still try to see how much they can sign him for. And if you have him to go with your other two signings, you're already making huge improvements on this team just with three signings on the offensive line alone, regardless of the Michael Davis. And if you end up getting Fuller or whatever, those three signings would just literally make or break your team right there alone. Yeah, I mean, I still think he's a guy that makes sense, especially if he wants to do something smaller, but at the same time at his age, you know, being 32 while not ancient for an NFL tackle, it's hard to know if you're going to get another contract after that one, right? So you might be trying to secure as many years as possible. And the guy that still makes a lot of sense to me is Larry Warford. I mean, you should be bringing in something like two guards in the draft anyways, probably two interior offensive linemen just to build for the future. So maybe you feel okay going into it with no clear right guard, but if you need one, Larry Warford's out there and he could make a lot of sense because of that Joe Lombardi connection. He is coming fresh off of a year where he didn't play and opted out of that season. And I mean, he's still pretty young. So I still think that signing makes a lot of sense. And also, you know, safety, that's a position the Chargers will potentially have to look at as well before they, you know, make themselves have to take somebody in the draft. Because once again, their safety position right now, not very great. And John, you didn't get a chance to talk about this yesterday, but the Chargers have three safeties right now and the third one's a Lohi Gilman and the one thing is is you can't really use Derwin James the best way if you don't have another guy that can play safety back there and the other thing is you're relying a lot on Nazir Adderley and both of those guys health yeah you cannot you cannot rely on all three of those guys especially as you just said the Derwin James's health and even Nazir Adderley he had injury his rookie year that made him miss almost the whole entire year so you really got to find some depth at this position, whether it's a free agent or a draft pick. But I think you got to go free agency for that kind of position. You got to find someone that has some experience in the league, because if one of the, if an injury happens again, and I'd say it would happen again, you need someone that already has experience in the NFL, not someone that you need to teach up to come on and just take over without any experience. I mean, Justin Herbert's a rare breed. We know he came in with just one game on the bench and all of a sudden he's the starter and performs really well but you're not going to find a lot like that you got to find a free agent safety with some experience in the NFL that that can take over if Derwin James or Nazir Adley were to go down yeah and I mean at this point it's hard to know you know how much the Chargers would be trying to spend on one at this point but we've talked about Malik Hooker you know there's also Jaquiski Tart that's up in San Francisco if you wanted to bet on him having a healthier season than he's had the past few that could be a low risk signing that you can make to hopefully get the most out of those guys and obviously you're not going to be able to fill every position with somebody that you know going into it is going to be a really good player right that's just not the way it works some of this is going to have to be under the radar guys that Brandon Staley is going to have to get the most of and this is what we always see out of Tom Telesco so especially at this point in free agency yes you're going to be targeting certain guys but this seems right about the time where Tom Telesco is going to fly under the radar really assess the landscape and try to get some guys to come in on really 2021 cap friendly deals and I still think he has an opportunity to do that 
And I still think there's a lot of big names still left out there and a lot of talented players that could come in and, you know, really help the Chargers. So I like the Jared Cook signing for a short-term deal. You didn't have to give anything up for it. I know it's not the splashiest move, but you filled another box. That's something that you're not desperate to find at this point. I think Tom Telesco will make some other low-key signings like that that will fill some very big needs, but they still have a lot of holes and it all has to be addressed. And we'll be back here with you guys on Monday to address the latest in free agency we'll see what happens over the weekend it's also mock draft monday so we'll be looking at some fifth round picks that the chargers could potentially target in the 2021 draft but we will also have you know the latest in free agency and we'll get into some voicemails as well next week so if you guys want to call in and get your voice on the show the number is 323-524-7924 as the free agency slows down and we have less news to break We'll be getting into more voicemails, but that's going to do it for us today, guys. If you don't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked on Chargers. Also, give us a follow on our new Instagram page at LockedOnChargers. If you don't, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can find us there, and it's always the fastest and easiest way to get the show, but we'll be... We'll be back with you guys on Monday with all the latest Chargers news and the latest in free agency and get into our mock draft Monday. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.